With Hashem's assistance, we are learning about Bekamah Daf Memala, page 41. We begin at the Mishnah, nine lines in. Shoshina Goychesa Adam, if there's an ox that killed a person, Umes, he died, Muad Mishalim Kaifer. So if the animal had already done it three times, so then you have to pay the special knas is fine, which is the value of the person that got killed. Vitam Paterman Kaifer. But if the animal has not yet gored three times, there's no obligation to pay this fine. Vizev Vizev, whether we're talking about an animal which is wild or which is tame, Chayav and Misa, the animal has to be killed, the animal kills a person. Vechain Beben Vechain Bebas. And similarly, if the animal killed a minor, whether it's a boy or a girl, there's an obligation for the animal to be killed. Nogach Evedoy Ama, if the ox gored a slave or a maidservant, Nisin Shalishim Slaim. So there's a special amount of money that's paid, this 30 Slaim. Bensho Yafa Meya Mana, Ubensho Eni Yafa Eladin or Echad. Doesn't matter what the value of the slave is, whether the slave is worth $100 or it's worth $1, you only pay this special amount, which is a 30 Slaim. We begin the Gemara. Bechimi Achar Dimitam Katlinon Lei. It's a very important question. If already at the point when the animal is a tame animal that kills somebody, we kill the animal. So how does it get to be a wild animal that killed three times, such that you're going to have to pay kofar, you're going to have to pay this fine? How do you ever get to such a case? Amarabba, Rabbi says, what are we speaking about over here? That they evaluated this animal and they saw that it has the potential to be able to kill three people. Ravashi, Amar, so Ravashi says, What's it worth if you, if you evaluated the animal that it has the potential to kill? It doesn't matter, it didn't do it. What's the case? What it did was it gored through three people to the point where they were on the verge of death. They didn't actually die yet. But now, the third person that the animal gored, that person died. So, and then the two people that it had previously gored, so they had originally been just very sick on the verge of death, now they all three died at the same time. So at this point already, so then there's going to be an obligation for the animal to pay kofar if it kills again. Rav Zvid, Amar Rav Zvid says, that you could have a case where it killed three animals. So according to Rav Zvid, once it's killed three animals, it's going to be considered mood, it's going to be considered wild, and if it kills a person, you have to pay kofar. Gemara says, hold on a second, mood have Adam. Well, just because it gores three animals, it's also going to be considered wild in regards to the people? It's not true. Elam Rav Simi, Rav Simi says, It killed three non-Jews, so there's no obligation for the animal to be killed in such a case. But now that it goes and it kills a Jew, so there's going to be obligation for the animal to be killed, and it's going to be considered a gore, and therefore you're going to have to pay the fine because it's a wild animal. So the Gemara says, Is it true that just because it's wild in regards to non-Jews, it's going to be considered wild in regards to Jews? So I saw in the article, explains this idea that in regards to a Jew, so there's a special hashkacha pratis, an extra level of divine providence that God watches over the Jew. So if uh, an ox goes and agores three non-Jews, it doesn't per se prove that this animal can kill a Jew, because the Jew has extra protection, call it. So therefore, we find that it could be a gore, or it could be wild in regards to non-Jews, but it's not per se wild in regards to Jews. So that can't be the case. And Adam, it had actually killed three people, but what kind of people? Trefa. These people actually had a hole in their lung, they were, they were going to die anyway. And therefore, when this animal kills them, it's not considered that he killed them, because they were going to die anyway, they were going to die. So therefore, it's considered that the animal has not killed, and therefore the animal is not killed. However, for all intents and purposes, the animal killed three people, as far as the animal is concerned, it doesn't know the difference, at least in the Havamina. So therefore, now, it's going to be considered that it's muad for people to kill, and therefore when it kills the fourth time, you're going to have to pay the kofar, this fine for killing someone, it's considered a wild animal in regards to that. The says, Is it true? 
that if it's considered wild in regards to people who have a hole in their lung, it's also considered wild in regards to people who don't have a hole, they're not dying, it's not true. They're not considered. And it could be, I'm totally making this up now, I'm not, I'm not positive, but it could be that there's an aura around people who are about to die, who are on the verge of death, that an animal has the ability perhaps to kill that, to such a person, but a regular person, let's say, has a stronger aura around him, and therefore the ox wouldn't have the same ability to kill a regular person. Rapopis of the Gemara says, Rapopis says as follows, the Katal Varak Agma, it killed and it was, it ran off to a place which was outside of civilization, the Katal Varak Agma, and every time that it was brought to court, so it would run away again, the animal, and therefore it was never brought to death, and it did it three times, so now if it, if it goes and gores again, so it's going to be considered wild in regards to killing, and therefore there's going to be an obligation on the owner to pay the co for this fine. Ravachabri de Ravika Amar, Ravachabri de Ravika gives us a different possibility, you could have a case like this. Two witnesses come and say that the animal gored and killed somebody. Then another set of witnesses comes and says that those people, the first set of witnesses, they couldn't have been there when the animal gored because they were with us at that time. So that's called Edim Zamumim. That's where the second group of witnesses are not contradicting the statement of the first set of witnesses, but rather they're, contradiction, they're contradicting the person of the first set of witnesses because the first set of witnesses could not have been there at the time in order to say this testimony and to have seen what they claim to have seen. So now after the second group has come, so the first group is cancelled out. So as far as the person whose animal it is is concerned, he doesn't even know that his animal has caused any damage, that his, that his animal has killed anyone. Now what happens, a third group of witnesses comes and says that the second group of witnesses can't have said or known anything about the first set of witnesses because the second set of witnesses was with us in a different place at that time. So now what happens, the way Zomimim works, this type of case, is that the, the whatever the last group says, the last witnesses are always the ones that are believed. So since the last group is believed, so the second group is not believed, and now again the first group, what they originally said, is reinstated as being correct in, as far as the court is concerned. So now you can have a case where it only becomes clear afterwards that all all those things happen that the animal actually killed. So therefore you could have a case where the owner of the animal doesn't know that his animal actually killed three times, and nevertheless it will be, have become wild, and it will become apparent later, and there will be an obligation for the owners to pay. So now the Gemara says, This is good according to the one who says that when we're trying to be miyayit, when we're trying to make the animal wild. So it has to do with the ox itself becoming wild. But if the, the concept is that the person himself has to know in order to watch his animal, it has to do with the person, not so much to do with the ox. So then the owner of the, of the animal can say, listen, I didn't know, as far as I was concerned, the original group of witnesses, they got cancelled out. So now they, they came back, they got reinstated. So now I'm supposed to pay? How can you make me responsible for something I didn't even know about? So my answer is, The case is talking about a case where it's not like he didn't know. It's not like he wasn't aware. The witnesses are actually saying that in fact this guy was standing there when his animal went and killed somebody. So he's not first finding out about this information now, but rather according to the witnesses, he actually knew about it at the time. Ravina, Amar Ravina says he's going to give us a different possible explanation how we could have a case where the animal has killed three times, it hasn't been killed yet, the animal itself, and there's going to be an obligation to pay the co for the fine. The witnesses who saw the ox gore, they don't recognize which was actually the ox that gore, but they know who the owner was, because let's say it has a special brand that, the, that this ox owner puts on his animals or has a special collar, but they don't know exactly which one it was until the third time, that's when they realize, oh, this is the animal that's been doing it all along, they recognize the animal. 
people. So the Gemara says, if that's the case, my avid. So what should he have done? How does the guy didn't know which animal to watch? Mishum the Amri, the Gemara answers because they're saying tur nagachna islacha They didn't say which animal there is, but they said you have an ox that's goring and killing people, so you better watch out. So therefore, you have to watch all of your cattle, make sure that none of them are causing damage. So therefore, that's why there's an obligation on him to pay the fine, and that's how we have a case where the animal has not yet been killed. We said in the Mishnah, the both cases, there's an obligation for the animal to be killed. We learned in a Ashar. From the fact that the verse says that the animal has to be killed, don't I know that it's a dead carcass? We're not allowed to eat a dead carcass that wasn't properly slaughtered. Why does the verse have to say that you can't eat the flesh? So the verse is coming to teach you that if the animal was slaughtered before it was supposed to be killed, but after the the court already decided on that the animal has to be killed, so you can't even eat it even though it was slaughtered properly. So all I know is that the, that you can't eat it. I don't know you can't even get any benefit from it. That's why the verse says that the owner of the animal he's cleaned out. So. What do we hear from there? How do we see from that verse, from the fact that the verse says that the owner of the shore is, considered, is cleaned out? How do we see from there that, that the animal you can't have any kind of benefit from it? Shimon ben Zayma Oimer. Shimon ben Zayma says, Like somebody who says with his friends, There was such and such a person who got cleaned out of all of his possessions. He doesn't have a, even a drop of benefit from them. So therefore, that's what we see from the verse that you can't even have any benefit from this animal. How do we know that the verse is talking about when it says that you can't eat the flesh? It's speaking about where you slaughtered it after the animal, the court had already decided about it. That then it's forbidden to eat it. Maybe the truth is that if it was slaughtered after the, the court already decided about it, it's actually permitted to be eaten. Who? It is. And this that it says that you shouldn't eat its flesh. It's talking about the case where the animal was stoned. It's actually actually coming to teach us, not that it's forbidden to eat, because that we know already, but it could be coming to teach you that you're not allowed to have any benefit from it. Like Rabbi Avoh says, Rabbi Avoh says, Rabbi Avoh says, in the name of Rabbi Lazar, anyway, where the verse says, you shouldn't eat in this way, either yochal, tochal, or tochlu, echad isarachilov, echad isarana mamashma. So it's including both the fact that you can't eat it, and you can't get any benefit from it. Until the Torah specifically tells you otherwise, as it says in regards to a dead carcass, the verse implies that you can give it to a non-Jew who lives amongst you, and you can sell it to a non-Jew who lives amongst you. So there it says it specifically, but elsewhere, if it doesn't say that, that means you can't get any benefit from it at all. So wherever it says, like over here, so maybe it's teaching you that not that you can't eat it if you slaughtered it, but rather you can't get any benefit from it, even if it became an avela, became a dead carcass. So says, Amri, we say, when do we say that lo yochal, you shall not eat it, implies that you can't get any kind of benefit from it as well? That's only when you're actually learning it from the Pasuk, mi lo yochal, that you can't eat it. But here, you're not learning out from the words lo yochal, that you can't eat it, because we already know that you can't eat it from the fact that it has to be stoned, and you can't eat an animal that's been stoned. So, so therefore, now that we're not learning out from the words lo yochal, that you can't eat it, so if it's coming to teach you that you can't have any benefit from it, so then the verse should have just said explicitly, don't have any benefit from it. Or it should have just said, don't eat it, period. And it shouldn't have continued. So why does the verse continue and say, you shall not eat its flesh? What's its flesh coming to teach you? That even though you made it like flesh, 
the shachtei because you slaughtered it, like we said before. Meaning, how do you get it to be considered like flesh bosar is something flesh that you normally can eat? The only way you get it to that state is by you slaughtering it. So even though you got it to a state of slaughtering, you're still not allowed to eat it, and that's why we can't say that it's talking about teaching you the isra hana, the forbidden nature of getting any kind of benefit if it was stoned. Masiv la marzutra, marzutra asks the following question: Why don't we say that that's talking about onto a malaf on the base page forty-one b? Where you sharpen the stone and you used it to slaughter it. And that's where, in that case, it's going to be forbidden because then you've done it in a certain sense, you've done a similar t- uh, type of act to stoning because you killed the animal with a stone, you slaughtered it. Maybe that's where there's a forbidden nature for you to eat. But maybe when you did a slaughtering with a knife, maybe it would be permitted for you to eat this animal. Amri, so the Gemara says, hold on a second. Does the verse say that you have to slaughter something with a with a knife, meaning there's no difference between a knife and a stone if you properly sharpen the stone, you properly sharpen the knife, it's the same exact thing, there's no reason that we would make any differentiation, once we already see that it's forbidden to eat it, to get any kind of benefit from it, if you slaughtered it, it doesn't matter if there's a stone or a knife, but we learned in the Mishnah, if a person slaughters an animal with something, a scythe, which is not usually used, but theoretically you could use it, or with a rock, where you sharpened it, or with a reed, and you sharpen it enough to slaughter, so it's a good, it's a good shkita, it's a good slaughtering. So, so now that we learned that out from the verse, that you shouldn't eat its flesh, we said, we already proved from Rabbi Avohu, that once it's lo yochal, it means you can't get any kind of benefit from it, from it at all. So now we're left with an extra pasuk, what do I need this verse which says that the owner of the ox is free, meaning we said before that it means he's gone out, he's lost all of his nechassim, he can't get any benefit from it at all. So now we know that from lo yochal. So what do we need this verse for? So it's coming to teach you that you can't get any benefit even from the hide. The saga that the Chamini would have thought to say, Only the flesh is there a problem to get any benefit from it. But the hide, perhaps there's, it's permitted to use the hide to get some kind of benefit from it. That's what it's coming to teach you, that the, the person, the owner, goes out, he loses out from his possessions, from even from the hide. According to those who use this verse, to teach you a different thing, we're going to see in the Gemara is going to continue like we're going to say soon so how do they know that you can't get any benefit from the hide so you learn out from the word which means that you're not allowed to get any benefit from the flesh but it uses the word S which comes to add on it comes to add on something which is secondary to the flesh what's the thing that's secondary? it's the hide and the other one who learns it out from Balashornaki is because he doesn't make any drasha in general he doesn't learn out from the word S to add on anything the word S means with so sometimes there are some people who say that you can make a drasha to learn out extra things that come along with whatever is being spoken about. As we have in the following Brasica de Tanya, Shimon Hamsuni, Va'amrin Lenechem Yamsuni, those who say it was Shimon Hamsuni, those who say it was Lenechem Yamsuni, call Es and Shabbat Torah. So he would take every time that the Torah says the word Es, and he would say what it's coming to add on. So when he got to the verse, it says, you should fear Hashem your God, and it says the word Es there, so Pirish, he didn't want to say what the explanation is, because he didn't want to say that there was anything that was comparable to God's fear. So his student What's going to be with all of the times that you said an explanation of the word S until now? What's going to be? So he responded and said, Beautiful. Such anava, such humility. He said, Just like I received a reward for trying to give an explanation until now, I will also receive a reward for stopping from making drushes, from saying explanations of things that can't be 
given an explanation. Until Rabbi Kiva came and taught, what does the word S come to include that's close or similar to the fear of God? It's coming to include that we have to also have a fear of the Torah scholars, of the sages, because they are trying to bring us, in a certain sense, to fear God, to do God's will. So when we fear those sages, we also will be able to fear God. So that's something that can be included along with the fear of God. We learned in Abraisa, that the owner of the of the ox has gone out free, has gone out clean. What does it mean that he's clean? Rabbi Lazar says that he's clean from having to give half of the fine. Meaning, if his animal is a tam, it's not a wild animal, it's a tame animal that kills a person. So until it's wild, you don't have to pay this fine. But if it if it is still tame, you don't even have to pay half the fine. Even though we find in regards to Nezik, when it comes to the damages, you have to pay half the damages if it's tame. Over here, you do not have to pay half the kofar. This is very important. Remember what Rabbi Kiva is about to say, because this is something that we need for the next daf. Rabbi Kiva says like this, so what is your happen? You think, how could we even ha- entertain the possibility that we're going to go and you're going to have to pay half co-fare? Where is it going to get paid from? From the animal itself? Right? Because we only pay half damages from the animal itself. How can you even bring it to the courts to pay? You're, what are you doing with this animal? You're stoning the animal. There's nothing left. The animal is completely destroyed, has no value. So how could you even think that you're going to pay half the co-fare and you're going to pay from the animal? The animal's dead. It's gone. It's completely valueless. Rabbi Lezer says like this, This is what you think of me, and this is how I look in your eyes. I think I'm talking about a case where the animal is has an obligation to be killed. I'll tell you what the case is that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a case where the animal killed somebody, and there was only one witness there. Or I could tell you that the case is where the owners of the animal admitted that they owe this money. And therefore, we could have a case where the animal doesn't actually have to be killed, but theoretically, you'd be able to pay the chatzik kofer, if there was a chatzik kofer, you could pay from the animal itself. So that's why Rebbe Lozer is saying that I had to say that there's no obligation to pay the chatzik kofer, to pay half this fine. Gemara says, hold on a second. If the owners themselves are saying it, they're admitting, so that's considered that they're admitting to a fine, and whenever you have a fine and you admit to it, so you don't have to pay it. Gemara answers, it's because Rebbe Lozer holds that the, the kofer is not actually a fine, but rather it's coming to atone for the person. And therefore, even if they admitted to it, they would still have an obligation to pay. Tani Idoch of another b'raisa. A different version of what Rabbi Lezer responded to Rabbi Kiva. Amar Rabbi Lezer, Akiva, kachani beinecha, shedini bazesh chayv misa. Rabbi Lezer said to Rabbi Kiva, this is what I look like in your eyes, this is how you think of me, that you think I'm talking about a case where the animal has to be killed and stoned and we're still going to have to pay, we would even think that there's a chatzik kofar, half fine to pay. The case that I'm talking about, there's no obligation for the animal to be killed. Do you know why? Because I'm talking about a case where the animal intended to kill another animal. But by accident, it went and it killed a person. Le Mitzri meant to kill an Egyptian, and it accidentally killed a Jew. It had meant to kill a person who was about to die, or a child who was stillborn, and it accidentally killed a regular person. And therefore, in such a case, the animal does not have to be killed, but perhaps we would think that you should have to pay Chatzik Kofar the half fine. That's why I came to say that there's no obligation to pay the Chatzik Kofar. So now the Gemara says, Hey, Amar Liberation. So we have these two different Bryceus, uh, and each of them, they're both true. Rabbi Lezer responded both of these things to Rabbi Akiva. Now the Gemara wants to know, which of these responses did he say first? Rav Kahana, Mishmei, the Rav Amar Miskavin, Amar Liberation. Uh, Rav Kahana says in the name of Rava that the thing that he said to him first, his response to him first was this case where the animal had intended to kill 
let's say, an animal and it ended up killing a person. That was his first response. And the other response, which had to do with where the owners admitted where there was a single witness, so that was the second response that he gave. Rav Tivyumi Mishmed Rava Amar, he Rav Tivyumi says the name of Rava that no, the first thing that he said was the case where the animal had killed somebody, based on the testimony of a single witness or based on the testimony of the owners themselves. That was the first thing that he said. Rav Kahana Mishmed Rava Amar, Miskavin Amar So now Rav Kahana, in the name of Rava, said that the first thing that he said was the case where the animal intended to kill an animal and ended up killing a person. Mashal it Said, because, you know, that's a much stronger answer, that answer. There's nothing to explain, there's nothing to ask on the first case where the person admitted it, the owners admitted it, or there was a single witness. So it's not such a strong response because in, such, in, that, in that case there's no real reason that there should be an obligation on the person. There's no reason that we would think that the person should have to pay the chazikover. In the second case where it intended to kill an, an animal and ended up killing a person, there's much more reason to say that you would think that there's, a, that there's an obligation for the owner to pay. So Rav Kahana in the name of Rav said that the first thing that he responded was the stronger answer. Why? It's like a trapper who's taking fish out of the sea. Meshkach Rav Ravi, on the top of Membezim at Aleph, page 42a. If he finds big fish, shakil, he takes them. Zutri shakil, if he finds little fish, he also takes them. Meaning, he had a strong answer, he said it first. He had a weaker answer, he said it also. Rav Tevyumi, Mishmeh, the Rav Amar Himis, Amar Liberesha. So Rav Tevyumi, in the name of Rav, says that he said the, the weaker answer first. Why? Mashal side. It's, it's comparable to a trapper, Shashal Dagim Hayam, who's taking fish out of the sea. Meshkach Zutri, shakil. When he finds small fish, he takes weak can get. Meshkach Rav Ravi, but when he finds the bigger fish, Shadi Zutri Veshakal Rav Ravi. So he throws away the small fish, and he takes the larger fish. So it's, that's what happened over here as well. First he said to him the weaker answer, and then when he realized he thought of perhaps the stronger answer, that's when he said that one, and he threw out the first answer.